all right, give me a beat. I'm going to lay down a rap. Somebody give me a beat. Why did you think I would have time to write a rap? <laughs> I don't have one. This is hypothetically speaking, um, one of the best shows on Blaze Radio, uh, despite the fact that our tenure as one of the best shows on Blaze Radio is coming to an end. This is our last episode on Blaze, but you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we do this and bonus features every week. Um, and we're going to continue to do this despite my uh, my graduate my tragic graduation. Uh, we will continue to do this uh, every week. Um, so uh, for hypoth- this hypothetically speaking, I'm Vaughn Jones. I'm joined today by Kirsten, Nicole, and Gideon. Um, and we're all going to have stories, so you're all going to hear all of our voices. I say, let's get right down to it. Gideon, you have our first story today. I sure do. So taking it to the other side of the United States, let's talk about what's going on in Florida right now. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis just signed a bill enacting harsher penalties on participants in violent protests, according to the Associated Press. This was enacted in response to protests against police violence. Um, Notably, DeSantis did not cite the January 6th insurrection during the signing ceremony. It was previously mentioned by Republicans sponsoring the effort in the legislature. So what exactly does the bill do? And this is going to be a lengthy one. Uh, So the bill enhances penalties for crimes committed during any protest where there is violence, allows authorities to hold arrested protesters until a first court appearance, establishes new felonies for organizing or participating in a violent demonstration. Also, it strips local governments of civil liability protections if they interfere with law enforcement efforts to respond to a violent protest, and local governments would have to justify to the state why law enforcement budgets are being cut. It also makes it a second-degree felony to destroy or demolish a memorial plaque, flag, painting, structure, or any objects that commemorates historical people or events, which would be punishable by up to 10 years in prison. But that's not even all of it. So according to the magazine Reason, uh, other provisions include creating an affirmative defense for anybody taken to civil court over injury, damage, or death if it is a result of a participant in the lawsuit engaging in rioting. This is the part of the law that many people have been in the press and publicly have talked about as granting legal immunity to people who run over protesters. It also adds a new crime to the Florida criminal statutes uh, called cyber intimidation by publication, which would make it unlawful to electronically publish someone's personal identifying information with the intent to or with the intent that a third party will incite violence, harassment, or place them into reasonable fear of bodily harm. And notably, this does not have any distinction between private citizens or public figures, and violations would be a first degree misdemeanor with uh, with the penalty of up to a year in jail or a thousand dollar fine okay that is all of that bill it is a very very wide sweeping yeah comprehensive that's thing. a lot that's a lot of that's a lot of uh interesting takes on um the american right to free speech i'll put it that way yeah and i guess i'll quickly say like the issue, the primary issue and why a lot of civil rights groups like the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, and and a bunch of other groups are very up in arms about this is that at the end of the day, the police there get to decide 
this all this stuff I said about rioting applies to the vague term unlawful assembly, which if any of you have ever been anywhere, know anyone who's ever been at a protest that has been declared an unlawful assembly or actually pay attention to this stuff, know they could declare an unlawful assembly for almost any reason that they see fit for very minor things at times and that people could actually get the long hammer of the law applied to very, very minor things. So this is, in my view, a very concerning and like altogether, like a lot of these provisions out of context seem okay, but in context seem pretty scary as far as the First Amendment goes. I would agree. Um, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I do recommend, and this is something I've recently been trying to take up with a lot of people, if you have questions about the bill, the text is readily available online, and there are a million articles dissecting said text readily available, so please read for yourself because we have to continue to move uh, because we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, this is uh, on our side of the uh, United States, not including Nicole. Sorry, Nicole. Um, this is on our side of the United States. Uh, Governor Ducey declares executive order barring government requirement of vaccine passports. If you don't know what a vaccine passport is, I'm sorry that you live under a rock, um, but it is denying service or area access to anyone who hasn't received a COVID-19 vaccination. Um, people, quote, according to Doug Ducey, want to keep their medical history private or they just don't want to get vaccinated. This is um, a lot of hesitancy and upset surrounding the vaccine, even though it is the solution to stopping COVID-19. Um, this is not a new concept. Uh, schools, childcare centers, and universities can and have required vaccinations for a myriad of diseases, and they are allowed to still do it, including COVID, uh, with COVID-19. Ducey says he strongly recommends that all Arizonans get the vaccine, but it will, quote, never be mandated in our state. Private businesses can still choose to require proof of vaccination, but local and federal governments could not require them to to require proof of vaccination, if that makes sense. I think it does. Um, and it's another business forward move from Governor Ducey, surprising absolutely zero people, um, because a lot of his uh, legislation, especially recently, um, has been surrounding um, business pro-business legislation. That's it. Anyone thoughts? I mean, my really only thought in response to this is anti-vaxxers cry harder, please. This is the solution. There are so many things that you have done in your life. I don't even know you need to know you to know this. There's so many things that you've done in your life that are less healthy than getting a vaccine. So why are you scared? Don't answer that. If you have no. ever been to either Old Town Scottsdale or Mill Avenue, uh, I'm sorry, the vaccine is much safer than that. Um, yeah. Even pre-pandemic, um, those places are gross. Anyway. Uh, oh, wait, can I say really quickly? <laughs> Baja Blast, hey, don't, drank, no, no, no hate on Baja Blast. If you've drank McDonald's Sprite, you should not have any yeah, fear. Yeah, don't worry about it. That's stronger than the vaccine. Oh, 100%. And I just want to say really quickly, like, I guess my question about this vaccine passport order is, to be quite honest, I don't think it amounts to anything. I feel like this is a classic Ducey signaling thing. Like, yeah, Ducey doing the thing that politicians love doing, signaling things without really doing anything of any substance. This feels like one of those, actually. 
though yeah though the implications could get weird i just think that this means i think that people are going to overstate what it actually means when in fact this yeah. seems to be almost meaningless this is not everywhere nearly, that already met yeah it's not yeah. nearly as impactful as his more recent executive order the one that happened last or a couple of weeks ago to withdraw all capacity limits and things like that um so this is not nearly as impactful but it's something that's been um in discussion in national legislature vaccine passports joe biden has discussed it and he's uh, been resistant to it but obviously that could change depending on how um, the, the federal government handles the situation, but who knows? Um, Kristen, you have our last story uh, for our news today. Yeah. This is our fun little segue story. <laughs> yeah, so this is actually a little bit of a pick-me-up, um, despite the subject matter. So mourners of a man in New Zealand didn't know whether to laugh or cry when earlier this week, Phil McLean's cream donut-shaped coffin was brought into the chapel at his funeral. So his wife, Deborah McLean, said they used to go on tours of the country in their motorhome and that he loved to, com to compare cream donuts. I dare any of you to say that five times fast. In case you are wondering, <clears throat> he thought that a good donut was one that was crunchy on the outside, airy in the middle, and was definitely made with fresh cream. So Phil's cousin was actually the one who helped him design the confectionery coffin and who owns a business that actually makes several creatively shaped coffins for a lot of people called Dying Art. He's also made a sailboat coffin, a fire truck one, a chocolate bar, and one made of Lego blocks, or at least it looked like it was. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it really makes you think, like, do I really just want to go out and a mahogany box, as his cousin said. I certainly don't, but we, we, we've gotten into the plans uh, for my funeral um, and nobody likes it. Um, all of my uh, ideas are unpopular, so I guess we won't get into it uh, right now. Maybe we'll talk about it on the bonus features for our yeah, podcast. Maybe one day. Maybe we will. Um, <laughs> for entertainment, Nicole, you've got our first one. Yeah, so Marvel dropped this, uh, what, Monday morning, the Shang-Chi Shang and the Legend of the Ten Rings trailer on their star, Simulu's birthday. Uh, he was obviously not expecting this. This is actually a little earlier than was expected by just a couple of weeks. But it's Simulu's birthday, so they went ahead and did it anyway, which was kind of cute. He was surprised. Uh, Action-packed trailer features the star, Simulu, and Aquafina. Uh, it comes out in theaters only in theaters September 3rd, so no Disney Plus option, uh, whereas Black Widow in a couple weeks has that option, but I think it's Premier Access. I don't remember. Um, yeah, any thoughts on that before my last little Marvel note? Did anyone see it? I think it looks cool. I think it looks really interesting, um, and I think it's definitely something that um, is like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's something that like, I definitely, when it was announced, felt like it was kind of a left turn. Um, something that I didn't expect in terms of where Marvel was going, because it really has only tackled its most popular IPs. Um, but I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, and I am a fan of it from the looks of the trailer. So the last Marvel thing is uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That finale of the small series comes out Friday. Uh, Five episodes through. I still haven't watched the fifth episode yet. I've heard it's probably one of the hardest hitting episodes. Um, as a whole, the show has tackled the has tackled racism. Isaiah Bradley 
um, what the shield means, you know, what, what America actually is very timely. And I think pretty well manner. Um, the, the villains leave a little to be desired. I hope they get the flag smashers this time. Yeah. John Walker is an intriguing character for all the wrong reasons. Um, really good foil for, for, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, so last note, the villains of Black Smashers leave a little to be desired. There's clearly, um, if you watch Nando V movies, go watch this video. There is a missing plot line in this series um, that centered around a pandemic and it was obviously rewritten. and the show could have really benefited from using it anyways. So that that's where it's a little lackluster. But yeah, watch it if you can. It's cool. I just have one thing to say. I'm not caught up, but I have one thing to say. And it's to all the people who keep saying Bucky should have been the next Captain America. Shut up. Shut up. Stop it. No, you're wrong. I'm not cut up either, but since I, uh, I'm i going to have an, a, an abundance of free time in about two weeks, um, what I'm going to do is get Disney Plus and then watch all of both series, like a free week, the free week of Disney Plus and just knock it all out. Right. And so I have the next entertainment story. And this is one that if you haven't listened to Taylor's version of Fearless, you have no excuse. It's on Spotify for free. Go do it. It's, oh my gosh. I was screaming, uh, you belong with me in the car with my best friend. And there is no, there's no higher feeling. Anyways, a 52 year old man was arrested early this week after a 911 caller reported that he was inside or trying to get inside Taylor Swift's Tribeca building in New York without permission. And so Swift, who is actually number one on the billboard charts for the third time in less than a month, again, stream her version of Fearless, knew that the man was coming there, according to him. And obviously this is more likely than not just something he told police to get out of trouble. And yeah, according to the Associated Press, a security employee of Swift said that this same man had rang the doorbell and tried to enter the building at least five times within the past six months. So it's kind of like a monthly ritual for him, I guess. He just shows up every month and is like, hey, But yeah, so he had also reportedly been showing off that he was sending her Instagram a lot of DMs, as well as that he has a restraining order barring him from contacting models Bella and Gigi Hadid, who are actually friends of Swift's, which I didn't know before writing this. So yeah, that's a lot, but I get it's really nothing new, unfortunately, for Swift. Back in 2018, a guy like took a nap in her New York apartment and he ended up being arrested and it was a whole thing. So. Uh, no, no thoughts, just Taylor's version. Um, yeah, pretty much. That was an excuse to talk about it. <laughs> I, I have this next one. Uh, Morrissey is mad, cry more. Uh, the Simpsons, despite being culturally irrelevant now, sorry, Simpsons, upset Morrissey by parodying him in an episode called Panic on the Streets of Springfield. Obviously a very clever play on Panic on the Streets of London. Excellent work. Um, the parody depicts, quote, complicated eight-year-old Lisa Simpson stumbling upon the work of moody post-punk singer Quillaby. Uh, he's voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch with parody music written by Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Concords, who I love. Um, screenwriter Tim Long insists that it's about a bunch of 80s singers, including Joy Division's Ian Curtis 
Curtis and the Cures Robert Smith, but there are more Smith's references and jokes than any other band. They even poke fun at Morrissey for being racist, which he did not like. He was like, I am very upset that you called me racist. And then he continued to be anti-immigrant and support a white nationalist political group in England while definitely not being racist. Um, and in conclusion, Johnny Marr wrote all the Smith songs and also the Cure is better than the Smiths anyway. Um, and so is Joy Division. Thank you. Uh, this last one is Kirsten again. Ah, uh, yeah, me again. So as the Wombat said, let's dance to Joy Division, but don't drink and DM kids. Lizzo posted a video on TikTok two days ago at the time of this recording, showing herself sending Chris Evans a DM on Instagram to an audio which was actually originally by a user called the Real Tati. So the audio is of a woman responding to a comment asking for her on her thoughts on Chris Evans. And she says, the reason I'm upset about this one is because I know I'm not gonna be able to marry him. And honestly, it hurts me to the core because damn Papa, he a rare breed, no comparing, like Chris. And then it cuts her off. So Lizzo's DM that she put to this audio consisted of her sending Evans, what I can only describe as an air whoosh emoji, a woman jumping like she's gonna shoot or dunk a basketball and then a basketball emoji. So she's like shooting her shot. The caption reads, don't drink a DM kids. For legal purposes, this is a joke. Then just 18 hours ago at the time of recording, she posted a follow-up showing that Evans follows her back on Instagram and also replied saying, no shame in a drunk DM with a kissy emoji. God knows I've done worse on this app, LOL, with a face palm emoji. Chris, what did you do? What was it again? I don't remember. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to know, uh, Chris. Very curious. I, Chris, I understand. Chris Evans, avid, hypothetically speaking, listener. You can DM any of us and just let us know what you did on Instagram. Um, right. Because we're exactly. all. I mean, we all follow each other, so our DMs are open. So, avid, avid, hypo speak listener, Chris Evans. Please go ahead and take yeah. the time. Um, and I, I may be monogamous, but Chris, if you want a second wife, I'm just saying. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Kirsten. Down bad. Shoot your shot. <laughs> down bad. <laughs> we'll go we'll go on to sports. Sport, speaking of sport. shoot speaking of shooting your shot, we're gonna move on to sports. Uh excellent transition. This we're really bringing it all out for our last episode on Blaze. I hope everyone's I'm having a great time. Um ASU has lost two transfer portal players to Grand Canyon University Lopes up. Tay Cherry and Holland Woods are now both members of the GCU Lopes. ASU uh though has basically jettisoned all of their players um and they are just building the mid-major Avengers and they're taking some of the best players from smaller colleges. Um it may be better than whatever the hell they were doing last year uh which was not good. Um maybe not fire Bobby Hurley, but still it's probably fire Bobby Hurley every day. Um, this isn't on the docket, but I figured I'd do it before we get into our big super league talk. Um, the Suns are still good despite losing by 25 to the Spurs. I was very upset. Uh, and I was reminded that this day in history in 2008, Tim Duncan hit like the 10th three of his career to send a Suns uh, Spurs playoff game to overtime and the Suns lost and I'm still not over it. I hate the San Antonio Spurs. 
They're literally the worst, and I despise them. And also, no, I don't know the result of the Suns-Bucks game tonight because I can't tell the future. Thank you. Nicole, talk about soccer now, please. I don't know why you can't tell the future. It's like the only thing you can't do. But anyways, uh, European Super League. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, so this was a thing that happened. It's dumb. Here's the basics of it. I don't understand fully. Uh, This is just from a friend group chat that I'll do understand and a good portion of Twitter and some articles. Okay, so straight from CBS Sports. The basics, a group of 12 clubs from across Europe's biggest leagues announced plans to form a new competition called the Super League. My lisp is going off right now. The league, should it be established, would offer permanent spots to some of the world's biggest clubs and play matches midweek while allowing the involved clubs to remain in their domestic competitions. Uh, This plan is currently opposed by FIFA and UEFA, uh, the governing bodies for international and European soccer, respectively. Uh, also, leagues like Serie A, La Liga. Yeah, no one, no one likes this. Uh, no one likes this. Okay, so the twelve yeah, teams. No one likes this except for the teams then that are involved in the Super League. Exactly. The twelve teams are Arsenal, Chelsea. Which, since there were no sports on last year, I, I chose Chelsea strictly because of uh, Christian Pulisic. If I said his name right, Pulisic, whatever. Strictly because of him. Uh, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Tottenham, um, Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Juventus. Uh, Rip the beautiful game, (laughs) basically. Uh, In NFL terms, uh, if this is kind of hard to understand, it's like if the Bucks, Chiefs, Packers, Bills, Saints, and Ravens or Browns, because I'm not going to choose between either of them, uh, all went to play in their own games but then also in the NFL with like completely new broadcasting deals. But then the NFL was like, no, you can't do that. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really bad all around. Uh, no one likes it. Like I said, it's kind of bad for sports and sports ownership and it's just um, abolish sports owners <laughs> is my takeaway. Yeah. 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 Nicole, um, me There's talking so during a sports segment is rare, but. Yeah, I just want to say, yes, abolish the sports owners. This is a horrible idea. This is like straight up a cash grab, like a transparent one. I like I know a cash grab when I see it. And this is, yeah, this actually, is a disgraceful one. It's it may be a cash grab, but it's also re- a reverse colonization attempt by American sports leagues to convince uh European sports leagues that they are uh that they are their models are better, basically. Um it's so odd um i don't know it's just really strange (laughs) it's something that kind of came out of nowhere as well it was something that just kind of like blinded everybody came out of left field um and i'm interested to see like how they're gonna recuperate from this if there's any sort of recuperation i don't yeah this is this has sort of been rumored and milled around for about 10 years um it it still came out of left field for a lot of fans um, but there's been opposition to this for a long time and it still happened. Um, that tells you all you need to know. It's dumb. Ball sports owners. I think, I, I think Chelsea and a couple of other teams have already been kicked out of champions league semifinals because that's still happening. Um, so I, there it's already started movements already started happening. I'll move on to the NFL. Cause I don't know how much time we have. Basically it's dumb. Sports owners need to go. Um, because yeah, it's most of them bad. are old. Yeah, yeah, most of yeah, most of them and are money. old and very resistant to change. Um, kind of a mess. 
Speaking of owners who are resistant to change, the NFL. Um, Alex Smith announces his retirement Monday, April the 19th. Uh, he's a comeback player of the century, I think, as far as everyone is concerned. Uh, he retires after a 16-year career. He was the first overall pick in 2005. You know that draft with Aaron Rodgers um, as well. He played yeah. with the 49ers, Chiefs, and the Washington football team, which is the team he um, nearly lost his leg with uh, against now Arizona Cardinal J.J. Watt. Um, yeah. that, and the craziest thing, too, was I think it was very similar to Joe Theismann. So it's crazy that he was even back on the field and playing in a playoff game. Yeah. Um, Basically, well, he was great, and he was a fantastic player before his injury, and then he became an all-time legend for coming back from that injury and continuing to play. Um, a lot of bravery shown. Uh, and honestly, like, good for him that he's retiring – as intact as he can be uh good for him yeah i'm i'm kind of glad he's retiring it's it's always i think everyone is always a little tense watching him go out there i think my fear it could happen again the worst thing ever during last season was during his first start um for the football team last year after coming back from injury they kept cutting to his wife before every snap who was in the stands and she literally looked petrified every time um so stop um how about good for you alex call it a career (laughs) yeah exactly uh the nfl draft is also 10 days away we're very close to stop to no longer hearing about it um yeah i'm so happy because the ridiculous qb comparisons will cease to exist for now until next year um so we can stop hearing like you know i don't know trevor trevor lawrence's Peyton manning or something stop it they're still in college we don't know the best comparison I saw was Mark Sanchez compared Trey Lance to Josh Freeman. I was like, thank you. A fair one. Oh my goodness. That's really funny because they're not all going to be hall of famers. Anyways. uh, This is my last notes as a bears fan on blaze radio for the show. I'm scared. Um, If, if Justin Fields or Trey Lance make it past the top 10 trade up, if they don't stay there drafting a lineman, um, they'll do neither of those things. So that's cool. Uh, Arizona Cardinals spawn, I think, need help tra- in the secondary. Tra- trade up challenge. I don't care. Uh, say screw defense and trade up and get Kyle Pitts and become the greatest offensive weapons uh, in the history of the NFL. I don't care. Trade away a quarterback to get Kyle Pitts. I don't care. <laughs> get the seventh pick and get Kyle Pitts. Okay. Well, the uh, Cardinals last- are a circle right now. No corners. <laughs> There you go. Last note, uh, Cincinnati Bengals unveiled their new new uniforms, I think also earlier than expected. Um, They're good. They're clean. Stop putting the names above the numbers, though. That that needs to go away. It's small, but, you know, I don't like it. Um, Otherwise, they're clean. The NFL should drop their um, really lame, can't change the the color of the helmet rule because, you know, they could do the all-white with the white helmets. Anyways, very cool. I, I'm, I'm just talking because I don't know how much time we have. Uh, uh, yeah, we got some time left. We have like a minute and a half. And I just wanted to uh, briefly say, good job, guys, getting through a lot of news today. Um, and I just wanted to briefly say, uh, this is my last, uh, this is my la- our last episode on Blaze, right? Hypothetically speaking, this is my last episode of the show as a member of Blaze Radio before my graduation. Um, I would just like to briefly thank all of you um for spending uh like two hours a week with me every week um and spending time so thank you um thank you to blaze radio for platforming us even though they really had no choice because what are they going to do say no to me um but thanks to blaze radio for platforming us um that's a joke i love you guys um but yeah thanks for listening 
Um, this has been like one of the more fun years of my life doing this when we ended up getting around to it in mid-October for nondescript reasons. Um, but I had a really fun time doing this. Um, thanks for listening to us as the, the best traffic jam crew converting to the best show on one of the best shows on Blaze Radio. We are now no longer one of the best shows on Blaze Radio after this, but we are one of the best shows on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever else you can get your podcasts. Uh, thank you to Anchor for making that happen. Um, and so for the final time on Blaze Radio and blazeradioonline.com, for hypothetically speaking, for Kirsten, Nicole, and Gideon, I've been Von Jones. Um, I, my wife. <laughs>